I know it's been a couple of days. I know the SEC championship is coming up Saturday. I know it's a huge game, but I'm not ready to come back down to earth. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time. We will be talking about Game Time in just a little bit. Uh, thank you for making us your first listen. You guys are the absolute best. Um, Jimmy, I'm just not ready to come back down to earth yet. I'll be honest with you. I, I'm listening to a lot of national coverage this morning. I mean, what a weekend in college football it was just overall. I mean, Washington Washington State didn't go the way we wanted to, but it was an incredible game. Um, the the big game, whatever they call it, the game, whatever they call it, uh, Michigan Ohio State was was pretty competitive and fun. Florida Florida State was good for a little bit. I mean, Florida just didn't have the horses, uh, but of course, the Iron Bowl was the uh, the top. It was just the bee's knees, and um, it, it was so much fun. And I just I still can't get over it. I, I still I've watched that replay a bunch, and every time I'm still nervous. Yeah, I like seeing the play from, uh, I mean, the play from a lot of different angles. And, uh, yeah, really cool. And it will live in Crimson Tide lore. So crazy that uh, no games this year that Alabama's played in have come down to the end. You know, there, there hasn't been a, a, a game that came down to the final seconds this year, good or bad. Uh, and, boy, boy, did Alabama uh, deliver, <laughs> you know, at the very end in terms of, hey, you want a good ending? How about this one? But, uh now it's big. It's big, big. Uh, it, it, it can't get any bigger. Uh, one of the things I'm going to look at today, Luke, uh, off the top of my head, when has the SEC championship game ever been where the winner goes to the playoff? Whoever went, who, whichever team wins goes, the loser does not. The loser otherwise would have been. So in other words, you're, you're playing. So it's literally a quarterfinal. That's what this is. This is literally a quarterfinal playing your way to the semifinal, possibly. Now, I do realize there's a chance Alabama be left out. And, and frankly, I don't think that's being talked about enough uh, because I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm for the first time uh, super concerned that Alabama will be left out even if they win. And I hadn't been concerned about that until now, but I'm pretty concerned, to be honest. And uh, but you know the focus needs to be on beating Georgia. You don't beat Georgia; that doesn't matter. Yeah, I would say 2012. Obviously, the winner plays for the national championship. 2013, I think the winner between Auburn and Missouri would have played for a national championship. Um, Missouri was in 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Missouri only had one loss. Yeah, and um, I just didn't remember. I just didn't remember them being being that that close to but uh because you had to be top two in 2013 Mm -hmm. yeah well okay yeah that's interesting um well i'm gonna go back and research it for sure because it is because it it can't have happened too often that winner in loser home now famously 2017 2020 you know you you got two teams you know well well 2017 doesn't count because uh alabama wasn't even in the in the sec championship game uh you know 2020 uh both teams get in i mean 2021 both teams get in. Uh, but but twenty twenty both teams. Twenty seventeen does count in the sense that, I mean, had Auburn beaten Georgia, 
And I mean, Georgia beat them by 21, but I mean, had Auburn beaten Georgia, mm-hmm. been there in. would be at least be a case for them to get in. A lot of people think they would have gotten in because they would have beaten number one Georgia at home, then beaten number one Alabama, then beaten Georgia again. Um, and I think they probably would have gotten in even with two losses. They had two losses that year, but uh, they didn't, so. and they didn't win, and the rest is history. So, um, but you know, you're right about, I mean, there are still a lot of people out there talking about, well, who gets left out, who does this, because really it all makes sense. Like, well, you can't leave out the Pac-12 champ. Pac-12 been pretty good this year, right? Or you can't leave out the SEC champ. The SEC champ's always in it. And they, I mean, the only ones that would, I mean, there's some people saying, gosh, it's hard to even leave Georgia and Alabama out. If Alabama well, let, let me give everybody an example to show where my concern is, and, and that's an Alabama loss, and this is what I mean by that. Let's say that this Saturday every team that's favored to win wins. Whoever's favored to win wins the game, and there's a reason they're favored, right? Let's say Georgia beats Alabama, Florida State beats Louisville, Michigan beats Iowa, Texas beats Oklahoma State, and Oregon beats Washington. They're actually favored by eight in that game. So all the favorites win, right? Who's getting left out? I would tell you the team that's left out, my opinion, in that case, if, if all the favorites win, the team that's left out is Texas. So if Texas can be left out, can Alabama be left out? You bet your bottom butt they can be left out. Texas might be about to go 12-1, and one, be under, uh, uh, win the Big 12, uh, beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa and be left out because they lost to Ultimately, a team that's going to be in the top ten, Oklahoma. That's why they're that's why they're out. A top ten loss on a neutral field, and and and, and they're out. Um, yeah. So, man, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm nervous about it. But at the same time, I know this. Unless you beat Georgia, I hope. I hope Monday, Luke, one week from now, I almost hope we're mad that we got left out of the playoff after beating Georgia because I just want to beat Georgia. Yeah, I could. Uh, <laughs> That's that's a weird thing to wish for. Um, well, know. I know, but what I mean is, unless you beat Georgia, it doesn't matter. What are we going to do? Lose to Georgia and then complain the rest of the offseason? Well, had we won the game, we were going to be left out. I'm mad about that. Yeah, no, 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 no you're, you're right. Be- I think <laughs> I think you're right. I, <laughs> I don't want to be left out, but if if I'm going to be left out, I want to be left out because uh, I want I want to be mad that we were left out. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I don't want to be mad that like we didn't beat Georgia, so it wouldn't have matter. You know, whatever. Um, the winner of the Alabama Georgia game will be favored to win the playoff. That's the oh, thing about, about Vegas. Vegas is not a data point that I think the committee takes into consideration, but they should in this sense. The winner of the Alabama Georgia game will be the Vegas favorite to win the playoff. That's nuts. Look, and look, before we go to uh, our first break, oh, you know, I, I told you yesterday that um, th- there was somebody, by the way, that responded to me about was fourth and goal from the 31, the longest uh, play, yeah. longest fourth down conversion or whatever. And somebody said they went back and found something from the 60s uh, where somebody converted like a fourth and 40 or something. Um, you know, okay, I'd, I'll take your word for it, and and I'm not belittling you at all. I'm just saying, I, I I need to. I wish somebody would look into that and like give me the actual details game because um that's it's still kind of nuts to me that that this all happened. Secondly, you know, I said yesterday that I, I've never seen a, the same guy intercept a ball with zeros on the clock going into halftime and zeros on the clock 
at the end of the game. I've, I've never seen that before. The same guy. It's rare that you have two interceptions in those two moments, much less the same guy. Also, I had a thought driving home this morning. I tweeted it out, and I thought it'd get more play because I found it to be very interesting. Milrow wears number four. DJ James of Auburn, who was guarding Isaiah Bond, wears number four. It was fourth down in the fourth quarter. Alabama was going for four in a row against Auburn. I mean, that's, that's a lot of fours on there, baby. Now do we have to call the play connect four? Oh, my God, Jimmy, where have you been? Yes. <laughs> that's great. Uh, um, thank you very little. Thank you very little. Um, boy, that's good. I like the oh, way you, you came up with that just on the slide. Speaking I like of to things, play you, how you always have kid the names of kids' games right, 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 ready to go and fire. That's right, baby. Uh, speaking mm-hmm. of games and speaking of the SEC title game coming up, if you want to go to the SEC title game and you know you do, you want to check out game time because you shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying tickets. Uh, to your next event. It shouldn't be a problem. It should be easy. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports and the music and the comedy and the theater events, whatever you want. They got it at game time with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. It's so easy. I use it all the time. I've used it for the World Series, used it for Bama, Tennessee, um, used it for Miami Dolphins against Carolina Panthers. So I've used it in like, that's three different uh, kind of things that are all big that I used it for and I loved it. They have last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. Um, you can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you get that ticket. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Jimmy, let's talk a little bit about some, <clears throat> some news around the SEC, and we'll mix in some recruiting stuff. Um, first of all, Mike Elko to A and M after a flirtation with uh, Mark Stoops and that apparently there was a revolt by the fans in the same vein as Tennessee had against uh, Greg Schiano, who's now at Rutgers doing okay, um, led by Clay Travis, by the way, uh, that Tennessee revolt. And so Mark Stoops – and then Mark Stoops comes out and saves face by saying, you know, I went home and thought about it. I just can't leave Kentucky. Can't do it. And uh, we all know that, yeah, he was probably on the plane ready to go, and he was turned. Um, so Mike Elko's going there from Duke. I think that's that's a good hire. Let me say this. Was hiring Mike Elko worth paying Jimbo Fisher $76 million? I, I don't think so. But, okay, and this is why I thought firing Jimbo Fisher was kind of iffy. I mean, yes, I'm a big – believer in the, what is it, Sun Tzu that says, if it must be done eventually, it must be done immediately. At the same time, I don't think Sun Tzu knew that we were going to pay coaches $76 million to go away. <laughs> no, that would be quite a surprise to uh, ancient philosophers. I do think that uh, – <laughs> I think um, Mike Elko is a solid, good hire. I look at it the same way Michigan State's hire Jonathan Smith. Uh Good hire, solid football coach. He's 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 definitely competent. I mean, no question. But look what you're asking him to do. You're asking him at Texas A&M. We're, we're, 
you know, we're asking Mike Elko to come win national championships. I don't, I don't know that he's proven to that degree, right? I mean, Jimbo Fisher did, in fact, win a national championship at Florida State. That happened. His team that he was coaching won the whole thing. So asking Jimbo Fisher to win a national championship is kind of a reasonable ask. He's done it before. Mike Elko has won, what, eight or nine games at Duke a couple times uh, in, in only two years of doing the job. Uh, it's a big ask. But, hey, hey, I also feel this, and, and people don't believe me, and, and I think there's this idea, Luke, that a lot of fans, even smart fans, uh, you know, have that there are these billionaire boosters that just write checks and just how much you want, just fill in the blank. I'll pay for whatever. That's not reality. That's not what happens at all. And here's the deal. They were paying Jimbo Fisher $10 million which is a lot of freaking money to pay your head football coach, Luke. Here's what's not going to be a coincidence. Now add what Texas A&M is going to be paying Jimbo Fisher per year out of Texas A&M money, $7 million. That's what they're paying him per year. What are they going to pay Mike Elko? My guess is three because that's what Texas A&M can afford, $10 million a year. I, I think once, once that they fired Fisher and had to pay him, they were severely limiting the pool of coaches that they, they could hire. And, and I, I think in part the Stoops deal might have fallen because he wasn't willing to take a significant pay cut to, to work for more of a national championship level program. Uh, I, I don't think that A&M uh, – I mean, just look at the pool of coaches that, were, that they interviewed and were seriously considering. They weren't the big names with the big price tags. It was Elko. It was Jeff Trailer that they interviewed, who might have been, by the way, the, the better hire. But you didn't have to pay Trailer money, not 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 Jimbo Fisher money. So I'm just saying, I, I think money was a significant factor there in uh, in A and M, and money all over uh, the Indiana story to me is not getting nearly enough attention because. Uh, that's the real problem in college football right now, that the university can pay Tom Allen $20 million not to coach, but their collective has no money in it all, and they can't recruit because they don't have any football collective money, and and, and Indiana was talking about that out the door. It's because the schools can pay it, yeah. but fans pay for the player. Isn't that crazy? Fan, we, we use the word collective. Fans. Fans are paying the money to pay the players, and – Fans don't want to do that. They did but it at first in 2021 because it was a novelty. But now it's fans don't want to pay the salaries of players. The NFL you. would have gone out of business. What if there was an end around there? What if Indiana was hiring a coach? I don't know who. I mean, whoever. Um, and the coach said, look, you're going to pay me $5 million a year. But you're going to write me a check for seven million. I, in turn, will put two million of that into our collective. Would that be an end around? It's definitely an end around. That's a good question for uh, you know lawyers that <laughs> that have a lot of uh, word I can't say on the air. Let's say intestinal fortitude. <laughs> I mean, you know, but, but, but that's 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 coming. I mean, that's coming because the schools have money. That's how they can afford these coaches and afford these buyouts. What doesn't what isn't funded as well as people think are collectives. 
because that money comes from the fans. And the fans are like, hey, we already pay the school money for tickets and seats and jerseys and 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 scholarship money that you wanted. And but I'm I'm not paying the player. Somebody else is going to have to do that. It's kind of funny. Look, I know you want to talk about a. silly problems. I was trying to think of the most diplomatic way to say this without getting in trouble with my locked on. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's funny. I'm, I grew up on Lake Martin. Uh, I'm a member at Willow Point, but I don't play golf anymore. I quit playing golf. It hurt my back. I didn't enjoy it, whatever. But I've stayed a member because my, you know, my parents were one of the first ones down here. They were, you know, one of the first members, all this other stuff. Right. And so I, I joined the club, whatever. And, uh, they assess us, the members. We're it's not an ownership, it's not an equity club. So, but they assess us like when they do some renovations, they assess us a fee, like you know, we're making capital improvements. So you have to help pay for that. And my You're thing like, is I, I don't play doing, golf. Yeah, I was like, number one, I don't play golf. Number two, uh, I don't own any of it. Why, why do I have to pay for it? You know? And I mean, but they have you by the short and girlies because you're like, okay, they're like, you can get out if you want to. And I'm like, well, I don't want to get out because I like, you know, using the summertime. It's a, they got a great place for my kids to go. And I'll, you know, I'll go there and eat and do some other stuff. I mean, um, but it's sort of the same thing, right? Like the universities have all this money. I mean, Harvard's got what, like a $60 billion yeah. endowment. I mean, I'm pulling Harvard out. Alabama's got a big endowment too. I mean, $2 billion or whatever. But, and then the university's like, I just got an email from the university. Like, it's, it's giving season. Yeah, we need you yeah. to give. I'm like, y'all make more in interest in the, in the time it takes me to produce this podcast than I make right. in a year. So Obvi- obviously this can be solved one day. And I guess it's coming when the <laughs> university can, can, you can university can pay money into the collective when that happens a, a lot of that is solved or is it <laughs> but but the point is the current system that we have is just unsustainable and we said that here on this show 3 years ago in 2021 when this all began is this system is not going to work and and we see now pretty much that it's sort of not working for a lot of places and soon is not to work any place. It just hadn't fallen apart yet. Yeah, you know, it's right. like um, if you don't, if you brush your teeth but don't floss, yeah, it, you'll get by for a while, but eventually you're going to have a piece of broccoli hung up in there for a while that's going to rot your gums out. I mean, don't tell me about it. Um, <laughs> any, that's a perfect so, analogy. Sometimes my analogies just don't <laughs> go anywhere. Perfect, no, and also, no. while I was in the middle of my country club analogy, I was like, there's somebody saying, screw you, Luke. What a, <laughs> what a weird flex. And what they Bama, don't Bama problem. Luke's Bama problems. What they don't understand, what they mm-hmm. don't understand is that, like, I, I still, th- this shirt is like four years old. <laughs> like, all my clothes are old. I, I say I'm a member of this country club, but at the same time, I'm like getting my shoes as hand me down. So, I mean, anyway, uh, I, I'm not trying to flex on anybody, I promise you. Uh, all right, Jimmy, when we come back, I guess we're going to start talking. I want to keep talking about uh, Mississippi State hire. And then I also want to talk a little bit about um, Georgia because we're going to get ready for that here shortly. But right now, I want to tell everybody about. FanDuel. Love me some FanDuel. You will you will too. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. 
Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150, y'all, if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's absolutely no better time than right now to get in on the action. This app is so easy to use, Jimmy can use it. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads and player props and over-unders and much more. They got NBA, they got college basketball, they got college football, they got futures, they got everything you want, Heisman stuff, whatever. So all you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Right now, there's an NFL game tonight, Bears and Vikings, I think. So go mm-hmm. check that out. NFL fan, excuse me, FanDuel.com slash locked on, FanDuel.com slash locked on. And FanDuel is, of course, as we all know, an official partner of the NFL. So, Jimmy, I, uh, we, we ran a little long on that segment about SEC stuff, and we also didn't mention recruiting, but uh, Jeff Lebby hired by Mississippi State. Look, I tend to think this is a good hire. I've seen some blowback on it because uh, of his tie-ins with the Baylor stuff that went on what seems like a gazillion years ago. I mean, I feel like – I feel like it's a good hire. I'm I'm fine with it. I'm not like anti-Jeff Lev. He's been hired by a lot of other places since then. So yeah. why is it so much different that Mississippi State hires him as a head coach? I mean, it's not like they hired Jerry Sandusky, okay? I mean, it's just not the same thing. And um, I frankly, I don't even know all the specifics, but I know this. If, if Jeff Levy were as knee-deep in this as some people act like he is, I don't think anybody w- would have hired him at all. So I, I feel like yeah, schools are probably made a good hire. Schools aren't aren't just purposefully wading into that level of controversy. Yeah. I mean it's it's more vetted than people people would, would think. I think it's a good I, I think it's a risk reward. I mean risk risk reward. I love this. It's a gamble because he's never been a head coach. It's a gamble, but I won't be surprised, Luke, if we look back. Four years from now, four years from today, and we look back and we say, boy, Mississippi State out hired Texas A&M. Good point. And, you know, he was uh, the OC at Ole Miss, was he not? So, I mean, he's been in Mississippi before. He knows a little bit about the area. He knows about He worked for Gus. He worked for Gus, I think, at Central Florida. Worked for Lane. Uh, Now worked for Venables. Uh, He's an offensive uh, innovator. Now he's one of these – up tempo, go go go! Things you know. Whenever somebody an OC like him is hired, my first question all the time is this: I, I suppose he's going to run his own offense. I mean, right? He's going to run the offense because if you didn't hire Levy to run his own offense, then why'd you hire him? I mean, that's why he's famous. That's why people know who he is. That's why Mississippi State hired him because of the Jeff Levy offense. Is Jeff Levy going to farm it out? I mean, I, I don't think so. My guess is. He's going to run his offense, and I do think it's challenging in 2023 for the head coach to be that involved in in the day-to-day that you're actually what amounts to your own offensive coordinator. By the way, I looked up the old Sun Tzu quote that we talked about earlier. It's what must be done eventually must be done immediately unless it costs you $76 million. I looked that up. I can't. I can't believe he was talking in American dollars at the time. That's wow. <laughs> that was um, impressive. I think it's cool that he knew Jimbo Fisher even back then. <laughs> That's, impressive. So, That's impressive. We ought to read more of his stuff. If he he, he's got some good stuff, man. I love it. I love it when he writes a guest article for Athlons in the summer. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
the other thing, okay, let's talk a little bit about recruiting. We mentioned yesterday Ryan Williams goes to Auburn. Uh, the, some of the Auburn sites were like going nuts. They feel like he's part of the freeze five of, of wide receivers. I do believe Auburn gets Cam Coleman. I do believe that'll be a good pickup for them. Agreed. Um, and I believe they will have four good wide receivers. They'll have Bryce Kane, who I like a lot. They'll have Malcolm Simmons, who I've seen uh, several times. I think Malcolm Simmons is a great player, probably a little underrated. Obviously, Perry Thompson. And I think Cam Coleman, that is a great lineup. I think all four of those receivers are better than any receiver they have on campus right now. I think Ryan Williams sticks with Alabama. I think he reclassifies and I feel better uh, after Andrew Bones' update. Of course, could he be lying to everybody? Of course he could. Nothing's a lock. I mean, Cam Coleman could stick with Texas A&M for all I know. Mike Elko might make prioritize him number one and spend a gazillion dollars to get him. I don't know, but I'm just telling you what I think. I also feel a lot better about Jeremiah Beeman after uh, an interview. Mm-hmm. I think that was with Joseph Hastings. Joseph Hastings. Mm-hmm. So right. I feel good about both of those. Meanwhile, Jimmy, swinging over into Georgia – uh, you mentioned it yesterday. Lad McConkey was out of that game against Georgia Tech, as was Brock Bowers. Those are two key, key components to their offense. Now, they still won the game, and, and they, they only won by eight, and people are making too much of that because that's also a rivalry game. Um, and, you know, Georgia, just like us, has played one of their biggest rivals before they play arguably the biggest game of the year. So it's it's hard to get up for those games. And Georgia also just ran a pretty good gauntlet where they played, you know, Missouri. That was a big game. And they played uh, Tennessee. Ole Miss. Yes. So, I mean, you know, I, I, get, I give them slack like I give Alabama slack against Auburn playing in Jordan-Hare. But, um, you know, I think McConkey and Brad Bowers will both play against Alabama. And um, I'm leaning right now, Jimmy, I'm not making a prediction of later on in the week. I am still leaning – to select Georgia mm-hmm. using head versus heart. I obviously want Alabama to win. I obviously would, would love for it to happen. I just feel like I just feel like Georgia's better. And you know, you and I always say you play your best once or twice, you play your worst once or twice, everything else in between is what you are. Part of me is like, we well, we hadn't played our best game. And then part of me is like, what if we have? And we've already used maybe it. we have. Yeah. Maybe we did against Middle Tennessee. I mean, maybe. maybe. Uh, I uh, I don't know who I'm going to pick. I, I will say that, that this is kind of rhymes up with what, what you're saying. This is one of the few times, maybe the only time, but, but definitely a time when you ask yourself, is Alabama good enough to win this game? Is Alabama good enough to beat Georgia? Is Alabama better than Georgia? Can Alabama win the game? That's not something that we ask in the Nick Saban era very often. It's sometimes zero times a year, sometimes once or twice a year, hardly never ever three times a year. But but this is a week where we ask, is Alabama good enough to win the game? And uh, that's a different feeling, right? It's a different feeling going into the game uh, when you're not sure whether Alabama's good enough to win. And uh, hey, the way I look at it, it makes it a little fun, right? I mean, it's a heck of a challenge. Uh, the downside is you don't get it done and, and go to a New Year's Six Bowl at 11 and 2. Uh, and, but hey, uh, I think it's a heck of an opportunity. I give Alabama a better chance to win this game than I gave Alabama in 2021. Uh, in 2021, I didn't give Alabama much of a chance really to win the game. I wasn't optimistic they could do it a week after that terrible Auburn performance. Uh, this year, I feel that Georgia is more beatable than they were in 2021. And let's remember Alabama did in fact win in 2021. So uh, 
Uh, I'm giving Alabama. I, I feel like Alabama can win this game, uh, but I, I fully respect what Georgia is and the 22 dudes they put on the field, and it's going to be a heck of a challenge. And Carson Beck, uh, in particular, probably not getting enough attention in this in this one, and he, he's very very good. He's really good, and uh, boy, I love Jalen Milrow. And, and Jalen Milrow, his best plays are better than Carson Beck's best plays. But Jalen Milrow's yes. worst plays are a lot worse. Carson Beck is much more steady. And, um, you know, you can't – boy, I, I don't want to bet against Jalen Milrow right now, though. I don't. I don't want to bet against him. I'm so on board with Jalen Milrow. And, by the way, there's still people in the comments that think you and I don't like Jalen Milrow. Would Where you stop get that, from? that? Please stop it's, that. It's not even – it's not even – I mean, I know they, they don't read a lot of what I write on BOL. The weird thing is on BOL, I get the other end. I mean, BOL, I'm, I'm too pro-Milro. I'm, I'm too pro-Milro and the other and the other job. And this one, I'm anti-Milro. I'm, I'm the same dude on both sides. Let, let's also say this. J, Jalen Hurts was a Saban bot. Then Tua comes in, and Tua is just a, like, sort of <laughs> – the all-American kid. I mean, like everybody just – I mean, Miami loves Tua now. Like, he's hard not to love Tua. Tua's just Tua. Um, then there's uh, Mac Jones, who, again, we we all love. Mac Jones is great. I'm sorry it's not working on the NFL, but it's not. Then there's Bryce Young, who is just so cool. He's the coolest of all the quarterbacks we've had. But then there's Milrow, who is the bammerest of all of them. <laughs> Milrow is the, like the guy saying roll tide – at the end of all the interviews, he is he is a bammer, and I love him. I, I I can't say enough good things. When we talk about some things that need work on or things that can't happen against Georgia, all we're doing is pointing out the obvious. I've I have never seen a quarterback two times in one game go well beyond the line of scrimmage and throw a pass. I've never seen that happen before, and in in, in, in weird fashion. An Auburn quarterback did it too. I'm just saying uh, it's okay to point out some things that Milrow doesn't do 100% correctly instead of just sunshine pumping everybody. I, that's, I love the guy. He, he, Milrow to me is like a fan playing quarterback. He really is. I mean, that's how the way he does an interview is the way I think I would do an interview. We got some athletic fans. <laughs> I, well, I, have I, you ever seen the running of the gums uh, every year? <laughs> not true. Uh, in awe. I, I watch, I've watched that each year it happened in awe. I think uh, Jalen Milrow is – I would pick him right now to say I think Jalen Milrow will win the 2024 Heisman Trophy. I think he might be the best player in college football next year. Uh, that's how crazy high I am on him. I'm ready to start wagering on, on Jalen in the 2024 Heisman race at the same time. I question uh, uh, fairly, I think, um, whether Jalen Milrow can win this game. Can can Jalen Milrow beat the best team in the country? I, I don't know that he's ready to do that. I, I don't know. I, I think it's, a, it, again, it gets back to what we're talking about with Mike Elko. It's a heck of an ask. I mean, A&M's asking him to win the national championship, not, not hey, we, we need you to win more games than Jimbo. No, they want to win the national championship. What we're asking Jalen Milrow to do Saturday is, Jalen, we need you to beat the number one defense in the SEC and, and beat the two-time defending national champions. We're asking you to do that. It's it's a big ask, uh, but that doesn't mean that I'm not sky high on Jalen Milrow and his future and what an incredible job he's done for Alabama this year and uh, the fact that I think he might be the best football player in the country next year. 
All right, that's going to do it for today's pod. Thank you guys for joining us. Appreciate all your comments, as always, even the ones that disagree with us. I don't care how wrong you are. Um, (laughs) Anyway, we'll talk again soon. Talk again tomorrow. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.